Hi, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. I am James Finch. This is The Finch Show. Have I talked before about the sponsor, Blackstar Woodcrafts? I'm pretty sure I have. I might have mentioned it once or twice. But anyway, if you haven't checked out Blackstar Woodcrafts, I highly recommend it. My buddy Scott, he is an absolute wizard in his workshop, and he makes all kinds of things that will just blow your mind. He lives in Michigan, and he is a one-man show. He does everything everything all by himself and i have several things that he's made um i have got a really 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 awesome bottle topper um it's for like a bottle of wine like you open the bottle of wine you don't put the cork back in you put this thing back in and it's like a metal cone with rubber concentric rings on it and then the top handles this grooved blue swirly pattern wood handle that's been polished and sealed and it just looks absolutely amazing i have a couple of really really awesome um, wood pens that he's made. I'm actually got one sitting on my desk right in front of me right now. I use to make notes for the podcast. Uh, the wedding band that both me and my wife has, he did, where it's a metal ring with a wood inlay that's engraved and then it's uh, polished and sealed. Looks absolutely amazing. You can check him out. Black Star Woodcrafts, Facebook, Instagram, and he now has an Etsy shop. So you can go to Etsy and see stuff that he has created and is up for sale right now. Or you can browse through and see some of the different stuff that he has made, kind of the different products that he made, and he absolutely loves customizing. He loves going back and forth with customers, talking about what ideas they have, what kind of colors, sort of design, and then he can let you know about how long that's gonna take and how soon he can get that to you. It is the most unique thing that you can get for a gift. You know, if you've got a loved one um, that has something coming up, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, those kind of things, you have an option. You can go to Target.com, you can go to Amazon.com, and you can buy something that's just made in a factory somewhere in China, cranked out, and give it to them. Or you can get something really unique, really personal, and something that they will absolutely cherish for years to come. And because he is the sponsor of this podcast, you will get 15% off your order by mentoring, mentioning the Finn Show when you talk to him. So go do it. Blackstar Woodcrafts, Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, you will not be let down. On to today's episode. Today's guest is Jamie Beebe, and I was really excited to have her on. Um, she lives in California. She is a casting director and is also co-host of a podcast called Strictly Stalking, which is a podcast that revolves around survivors' tales of being stalked and I'm relatively new to listen to that podcast only within like the last two weeks. And it has very quickly become one of my favorites. And I listen to a ton of podcasts about, you know, various different subjects, everything. You know, I listen to the Meat Eater podcast, which is about hunting. Um, I listen to the Hardcore History podcast with Dan Carlin, which is about history. Many different things. This one has quickly become one of my favorites. I went completely down the rabbit hole listening to this. I was both fascinated, creeped out, enraged. And I tell people now... If you're only going to listen to one podcast in your life, listen to this one. But if you're listening to two, definitely make the other one strictly stalking. I cannot tell you enough. You will listen to one episode and be like, holy shit. I'm telling you, go do it. So without further ado, I'm not going to keep talking. I'm just going to get right into the podcast. So without further ado, here is Jamie. Okay, so we're live. Um, I am here with Jamie Beebe. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I cannot complain. Um, how's the weather out there on the West Coast? Uh, you know, the last couple of days has been a little bit chilly. It's been like, I don't know, like 70, but um, I guess it's warm if you're not out here, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's sunny at least. At least it's really sunny. Mm -hmm. Well, it's supposed to be spring here in Illinois, but it's been in the 40s all week, so yeah, I, would yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. I can't handle that stuff anymore. <laughs> Where'd you grow up at? Iowa. Iowa. Okay. I have been uh, there multiple times. I'm in Illinois. Uh, so I guess um, I just want to hop right in. Um, you are a casting director 
Um, what was sort of the career path that got you to that point? Oh my gosh. I tried everything and failed until I got to casting and I was like, wait, I'm really good at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. I think that, um, you know, I went to college, I have a master's degree, but, um, I graduated from high school when I was 17 and I kind of traveled around for a little while. I followed a band called fish cause I'm like really old. Um, <laughs> and you know, I think it's crazy. Like kids in high school, they're like, I know exactly what I want to do when I grow up. And then they like do it. Um, cause I just kind of wanted to do everything. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in photography and I got it the year I graduated, like digital photography came out. So I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I traveled around for a little while more and I ended up actually in Chicago. Uh, and I got my master's degree there in music management because I was dating a guy who wanted to be in a band. Uh, so I was like, cool, like I'll just go get a master's degree and I'll manage your band and like, whatever. Um, and we ended up moving out to LA together. We're not together anymore, but he's a great guy. He's a chiropractor now. Um, and he lives in Vegas randomly, <laughs> but we're still great friends. He's married to a beautiful woman and has a child. Um, but yeah, so we moved out to LA and like, I was like, I don't want to manage bands. Like this is hard and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and then I got into like, I did like real estate for a while. I, um, and real estate was good. Like it was, it was cool, but I didn't like it. Like people always calling me like 24 hours a day. Like, <laughs> can I see this house? I'm like, no, I'm busy. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I just didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Um, and then finally I jumped over into production and I was like, this is cool. Cause it was exciting. You know, it's like every day in production is different, but, um, you know, I was working like 20 hour days and like, that was cool for like a little while, but not for very long <laughs> for me. <laughs> Um, but I was managing a tiny production company and part of the job was to do all the jobs, um, which is great because then I learned everything. But when I was doing casting for them, I was like, this is really cool. Like the casting director is the best job because everybody likes you. Like everyone's <laughs> nice. Everyone's like, super friendly and like wants to talk to you and know how your day went. I'm like, this is the job for me. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into casting when, when that, um, when I left that company, I branched out and just did my own casting company. Mm -hmm. What, um, <clears throat> what all, because I'm curious, I mean, obviously doing a, being a casting director, you're obviously casting whatever production it is. Um, uh, but outside of that, what all goes into that sort of occupation? Um, you know, it's a lot about relationships. It's kind of, it's a lot about who, you know, um, you know, I need to be able to call agents and managers and be like, Hey, I have this project. Like, who do you have for me? Like, what do you have outside of the box? You know, this is what I'm looking at. What do you have? And you know, they need to answer my calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's pretty important. Um, so it's a lot about relationships. And I think just like being a people person, um, you know, and just common sense. And, and that's really, I think what it takes to be a casting director, to be honest. Do you do a lot of, uh, have to hold a lot of auditions? Um, you know, before COVID I did, I did quite a few, um, you know, I like to do self tapes at least, uh, to narrow things down if I don't know what I'm, you know, exactly looking for. Um, cause I don't want anyone to like waste their time and, you know, drive all across town and come see me. Um, although I like that, but, but yeah. And then now that now with COVID and stuff, we've, we're really only doing self tapes, which is kind of, it's different, you know, I miss like seeing people, but, mm -hmm. um, but it's nice. I can kind of, you know, even if someone sends me a self tape and they're not right for one part, I might file them away and, and put them in something else later. Mm -hmm. What, um, overall, what sort of the communication like between like director, producer, casting director in terms of what you're kind of looking for for what part yeah i mean the director and producer you know they give me the creatives um they give me like they tell me what they want you know i read this like if it's a film or like i'll read the script and i'll have my own ideas you know we talk a lot about what they're looking for what they need um 
you know, what they have in terms of like the rate and what type of production it is. So, you know, that's going to fall into like the type of person that they can get, um, you know, and then I like to kind of cast a wide net and I like to bring in something like outside of the box that they haven't thought of. Like, for example, if we're if we're casting a comedy film, um, you know, maybe I would look and bring in somebody who's really well known for doing horror films because maybe they want to do something different and obviously they can act, they can do it, um, but they just haven't been seen in that role before. So sometimes that can really bring a film um, into light. Like, what is this person doing a comedy? Are they funny? And then people want to watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and there are so many stories of that in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, people who have jumped from one to the other. I, it, the thing that always cracks me up is the story I heard is when Bruce Willis did the first Die Hard movie. You know, and prior to that, he was known as a comedic actor. So much of the trailer that was on TV for the first Die Hard movie never actually showed Bruce Willis's face because they thought if people knew Bruce Willis was in it, they wouldn't go see it. Now we only know him as an action star. Like he's the action guy. He's the guy they go to, you know, and so something needs to blow up. Yeah, Um, I mean, I think it's, I like putting people in different situations. Like, you know, a lot of character actors um, never make like the leading man role, which I think is just kind of bullshit. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's super cool to put a character actor in the leading man role. Like, why does the leading man always have to be like this stereotypical, like hot guy or whatever? Like, I would much rather see like someone dateable in the leading man role you know like I mean not not that I'm not gonna date Brad Pitt but you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. somebody that has something else you know, a little outside of the box I think that and I think that casting is going more in that direction now I think a lot of a lot of films are which is cool mm-hmm. okay have you ever um dealt with any situations where somebody who just really 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 wanted a part and just wouldn't let you go about it yeah I mean that kind of <laughs> happens um you know, I've never had to like tell anyone to like stop contacting me or anything, um, <laughs> luckily. But yeah, you know, it happens. But I think that most actors realize, I mean, you're going to go to a million auditions um, and be seen a million times before you even get one part. So mm-hmm. it's just part of what it is, you know. Right. Yeah, I have a, a friend of mine, Kelly Washington, who's been on the podcast before. She's been in a couple episodes of Parks and Rec and some stuff like that. And she was telling me that, uh, yeah, gosh, just it, just like you were saying with COVID right now, it's just driving her nuts because it's basically you just sit at home until a call comes. Hey, here's the script. Go film yourself doing the lines. Go, yep. you know, I got to imagine that's a completely different world from what it was previously. Yeah, I mean, it's we all had to kind of adapt and adjust, but um you know, I don't know if it's ever going to fully go back to the way it was. I think, you know, with technology, it's not necessary to always be in person, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that it'll, it's getting back to kind of how it was, but it'll never go back fully. Yeah. We'll be telling our grandkids about the time before the pandemic. Right. <laughs> when we used to see each other in person, it was crazy. Yeah. You could just walk up to somebody and hug them and it was yeah. okay. <laughs> way back when. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, not too terribly long ago, you posted on your in- Instagram um, a project you had done casting for called uh, the Civil Disobedience Series. Yeah. Uh, what is that? I wanted to know more. Um, so it's kind of like a, a series. Uh, there's six of them, I think. Um, and, you know, there, there's so much going on in the world right now. And they kind of cover like those topics, you know, like racism, police brutality, um, things like that. And they cover it in a way I feel that's not um, negative, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, they don't make it a positive thing, but they, they give solutions rather than problems. You know, it, like a lot of people, when they make something, they'll, they'll show the problem and they're, they don't give actual solutions to, you know, what we can do, like actual things that you can like take action and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today about this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think this series is cool in the fact that they're out there, you know, they're making something extremely relevant um, to today and they're giving solutions, you know, they're, they're showing the problem. Sure. But we all know what the problem is. We all know that there's problems. Like we just need more solutions out there. So I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what they're doing with that. It's really cool. That's really neat. What, uh, where's that, where are we going to be able to watch that at? Um, I know that they just finished filming. And I don't know if it's been released on where we can watch it yet. Okay. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. That keep really an eye out for it. Cause I'm not, a, I don't, 
think they've released it yet. So mm-hmm. I better not say anything, any secrets, <laughs> any industry secrets out. Fair enough. Um, well, I have to get into um, the podcast that you do, uh, Strictly Stalking, which was one of those that I was like, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and somebody posts they're on a podcast, you're like, oh, okay, I'll check that out. And that one specifically is like one that I put on for the first time and then just like went down the rabbit hole, like just was listening to like episode after episode. And it, for me, it's kind of that weird conundrum of saying that you really, really enjoy something, but it's about something that's like dark and creepy and makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Um, But that is a fascinating podcast. How did, uh, what was the genesis of that? Um, so I have a business partner who's also my co-host, Jake Zaptula. Um, and we had met years ago, I was casting a film for him, which ironically enough, the film was about a nanny who was stalking the family that she was babysitting for. So <laughs> like weird foreshadowing for life. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we hit it off. We got along really well. So we decided to have a production company which is great. Anyone can have a, produ- a production company. Um, but we didn't know what to do necessarily with our production company. We had to start something somewhere. So uh, I listened to a ton of podcasts. I love podcasts, especially true crime. And I called him one day, um, just kind of complaining because that's like how our relationship is. And I was like, I want to do a podcast, but like everyone's already doing one. All the good murders are taken. <laughs> like my life sucks, like whatever. And it, you know, he's very logical. He's a very logical thinker. I'm kind of like fly off the handle, you know, like, like if I see a pool, I'm just going to jump in. Like he's going to like, make sure there's water there, you know? <laughs> uh, so he thinks for like a quick second and he's like, well, you know, no one's doing a podcast about stalkers. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about stalkers. That's what are you talking about? And then I was like, wait, like I know all crime. <laughs> I don't know anything about stalkers like that's crazy right Mm -hmm. um and you know there's just not very much awareness about I had no idea how many people were being stalked how horrific of a of a thing it is like the PTSD like you know what what the victims go through um you know it's crazy and also like stalking is like slow murder for a lot of people Mm -hmm. unfortunately and there's just nothing that they can that anyone will do about it like it's nuts how stalking is you know what it is um so i started researching it and you know how you said you know you just kind of go down the rabbit hole like what the fuck you know Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how it started and um within like probably like the next week or so we were ready and we went over to um our friends at cast media and we were like hey do you want to do this with us and like kind of surprisingly they were like fuck yeah let's do it and i was like oh shit we have a podcast i have no (laughs) idea how to do that you know um, but they helped us out a lot. They're, they're awesome over at cast media and that's how it started. And we just kind of took off from there. It is. And I agree with you 100%. I didn't realize until I started listening to your podcast, just like how crazy it is. And just like you were saying, like you have some of these cases that have lasted like months, years, yeah. sometimes over decades yep. of people just, I, I have the hardest time, I guess, you know, sometimes when you listen to true crime or you, you see, you know, a story about, um, you know, a murder or something like that, you kind of like, oh, okay, I can see how that could happen. Yeah. yeah. Came home, spouse was cheating, bad day, got a gun. Oh, geez. Um, <clears throat> stalking, on the other hand, especially to this level, like we're talking about on the podcast, I have like the most difficult time even getting my brain around it. Like yeah. what is in going on in someone's head that they think that any of this is good or will have a good ending to it. Um, I, my armchair diagnosis, there's a lot of toxic masculinity going on. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, but the, God, the one that you did not too terribly long ago, I believe with Tracy Morgan. Oh yeah. Where that guy had broken into her and her husband's house, got the VHS tape of their wedding had it turned into a cassette tape and was listening to it in his car while he was driving around. If yeah. that isn't some of the creepiest thing you've ever heard of in your life, you I know? Mean, it's crazy. And some of the stories, like we have one coming up. I don't know if I, can I say what we have coming up? Maybe. Yeah, preview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm like releasing um, all the secrets here. We have one coming up where the stalker is actually an 80 year old woman. Whoa. And it's, it's 
explicit stalking. Whoa, no. And I won't tell you who this woman is stalking, but like this episode, like I I sat there with this look on my face, like, how, like I wouldn't even know what to do if I was this person being stalked because you know, you have to like be nice to your elders and stuff, right? Like it's so, it's so crazy to think about. I was just shocked. Like the whole story, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. A lot of those from the woman's perspective, I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like, listen to the podcast room, like get a baseball bat and beat the crap out of them when it's yeah. an 80 year old woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit different. That's you not... know, we when we've had guys that are being stalked by women and that's also like, you know, it's a little, it's so different. And it's interesting because what do you do if you're a guy and, you know, a girl comes up to you, that's, you know, she's stalking you and you're in a public street and you're scared of her because she might have a knife to kill you. What are you going to do? Right. You you know, you can't defend yourself if she does do something because people are going to step in and be like, why are you hurting this girl? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and also like the stalkers, it's such a mind fuck what they do too. So something that could be, you know, random, like if, like if I misplaced a bunch of my underwear, let's say, I don't know what happened. <laughs> this is going odd now, but if I like misplaced a bunch of my underwear, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's weird. I don't know where I put my underwear. Right. But if you're being stalked and there's like 10 pairs of underwear missing, you know, that your stalker was probably in your house and stole 10 pairs of your underwear. Now, do you call the cops and be like, so I don't know who, what, why, where, when, but I have 10 pairs of underwear missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. probably not. Or like, or like I had a full thing of, of wine in my fridge and now it's gone and I live mm-hmm. by myself. They'd be like, okay, lady. But that's the kind of shit that stalkers do. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, gosh, that being caught, and it seems like so many of the guests that, that you've had on the podcast were sort of, caught within that thing where they don't want to be calling the police and bothering them over every petty little thing. But on the other hand, there's no doubt they're being fucked with. There's no doubt that somebody is toying with them and screwing with them. And yet, just like you said, what are you going to do? Call the police to be like, yeah, my underwear is missing. After a while, they're going to be like, oh God, this crazy lady's calling again. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, but once you put it all together, once you string it together and look at it as a whole, you're like, oh shit, this is all happening. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's hard to get our law enforcement to do that, um, you know, because they are very busy. There's not a, most law enforcement, uh, most areas don't have law enforcement just for stalking. I mean, we do in Los Angeles, we have the threat um, assessment unit, but you know, it, it's hard for them to recognize what's going on sometimes because we don't have the proper training for law enforcement of what stalking really is because it just hasn't really been talked about. It hasn't, there's not a lot of awareness of it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's well, kind of yeah. what we're trying to do. And it feels like a lot of police departments, um, like it feels like when this is first brought to them, this might be the first time they've encountered this kind of incident. So, and I, you know, and this is the thing that frustrates me and I really wish I had an answer for it in that I understand that we live in a society where we would rather let um, 10 criminals go free than one innocent person go to jail. Like I understand the mentality behind that. And I understand that everybody should have their rights, but it seems like that also ends up sort of the weapon that so many of these stalkers use to get around the law to continue to do what it is they're doing. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, there's so many different ways to stalk right now, um, like with technology. And so, I mean, we haven't even caught up with some of the things that stalkers are doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, online and, and, you know, even just with tiny cameras and like all the things that stalkers can do these days, I mean, we, we need people constantly in training to understand and, you know, and find these stalkers. And sometimes people don't even know who's stalking them. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you work that? You know, how right. do you find, how do you bring that person to justice if you can't even find them? Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely a mental health aspect to it. Some of the podcasts I would listen to of yours, I would get so frustrated because like this has been going on for years. He finally got arrested, tried, convicted, and went to jail for four months. Right. Okay, With no four, mental health at all. Yeah. That four months isn't going to rehab anything. All he's doing the entire time is counting the days till he can get out and start doing it again. Yeah. I mean, stalkers are obsessed on their person. They're not going to just stop one day. They're not going to wake up and be like, all right, I'm done. You know, 
they they stop when they're you know when they get help which is very very rare when they're in jail or when one of them dies mm-hmm. that's when a stalker stops normally i mean there's always exceptions and we've had exceptions um you know on on our podcast we had one girl who just she called his mom and that <laughs> ended the stalking you know as far as she knows for now i mean who knows it could come back but you know that's it's interesting because it's hard to say what how to get them to stop because there are ways but a lot of it does come down to mental health Mm -hmm. has there been a lot of research done into um sort of the mental i guess profile or makeup of a person who is a stalker and what gets them to start doing that to begin with yeah i mean it's interesting because there's so many different reasons that people stalk Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's, there's the erotomania stalkers, they're interested in celebrities, you know, they, they build this life in their heads, you know, with this, with these celebrities, you see it on the news, you know, like, oh, I thought I was married to one of the Kardashians, you know, we have kids together and they oh. don't obviously, um, you know, and there's, there's relationship stalkers, the people who just can't let go of relationship and they stalk their former partner. Um, you know, the stranger stalking, which is like the most terrifying to me because you could be in line at, at a bank and someone, you know, someone could be standing behind me and be like, Oh, I just love her hair. And it builds from there and they start stalking. They follow me home. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is, um, you know, there's, there's some schizophrenia or, you know, some type of, some type of mental issue for sure, but mm-hmm. it's different in a lot of cases too. Cause I always thought it was interesting. What, um, like what the trigger is, you know what I mean? Like you can have somebody who, you know, they go to the bank every day, they go to the grocery store every day, they encounter members of the opposite sex or even same sex. Um, And yet for some reason, one time they see one person and it just like sets off this cascade of behavior that is so bizarre. Yeah, Yeah. and that's all it is. We don't, there's not really a, a across the board thing that we can say like, oh, well this triggers stalking because we don't know, it could mm-hmm. be anything, yeah. you know? And, and sometimes there are like, if you're in a relationship with somebody that, you know, there are kind of red flags that you can go back and look at and be like, oh, they were kind of doing this during our relationship. But how do you know? You don't know until it's there, you know, it's mm-hmm. really, it, it sucks, but there's no way to like foresee it coming. Mm-hmm. We're all, uh, as humans, we're really good at ignoring red flags. We're really, really great at that. We're great at justifying. Wait, are, are we talking about my dating life now? No, <laughs> we're talking about both of ours, I think. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know oh, the boy. way you kind of justify it yourself, like, oh, yeah, that was kind of weird, but they probably just had a bad day or something. Then one day you turn around, <laughs> you go, holy shit, this person's crazy. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah, that sounds a lot like my last relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Too many of us have been there in uh, varying degrees for sure. Um, wow, yeah. So you have, um, do you have to at all actively go look for the people who are going to be a, the guests on your podcast or a lot of these people come forward to you? Um, you know, when we were in beginning, uh, we went and looked for people. Um, you know, we found there's a lot of, it's funny, like a lot of survivors of stalking turn into advocates because it's so hard to get help. They had to be their own advocate. They see that and then they turn around and they start helping other people. So the first people that we had on our podcast were like stalking advocates, you know, like Lenora Claire, Kathleen Gallagher, um, you know, and they helped us find, cause they're out there helping, they're, they're boots on the ground, like helping people get away from their stalkers. So they helped us find, you know, other people. And now it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners and they'll pass our information along to like, oh, my friend is being stalked or I'm being stalked or whatever. So, and they reach out a lot more now, but, um, but yeah, in the, in the beginning, it was kind of hard to find people that would talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's very, yeah. it's a very victim shaming crime for some reason like obviously if you're like I mean it's it's never the victim's fault but it's just so weird especially like with with stranger stalking somebody you don't even know is like stalking you it's in no way your fault like Mm -hmm. how could that ever be your fault and it's so weird so that's why it hasn't been talked about as much as it should be I think 
Right. And I think a lot of people, um, unfortunately, don't want to admit that it's a problem. They want to, don't want to admit that they're having a problem. They don't want to, you know, and it was interesting um, to varying degrees, different guests you've had on your podcast to how much they were open to friends and family about what was happening. So many of them didn't want others to know because they didn't want them to worry. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can definitely understand that sort of headspace. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, I think it's hard to wrap your head around too. Like, you're like, well, maybe it'll just stop if I ignore it or, you know, like what, like how it happens is just, it's so unique. It's so weird. I think inside your brain as a, as a victim that, how do you even begin to tell people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but you should, yeah. it, it's definitely important to tell everybody and, and make people aware because that way, if you are sitting at a restaurant and your stalker comes in, everyone you, you're with knows that's your stalker and, and there's going to be immediate help. There's going to be, you know, witnesses and, and things like that. You're, and so many times people think like, oh my God, am I just going crazy? Like, is this, why is it, why would this person be stalking me? I must be going crazy. And you know, that's not the case, write everything down and you'll see like eight times today. I saw this person at eight different places and I think they're stalking me. Okay. Now I have it written down and this is really what's happening. So it's, yeah. it's always good to keep as many records as possible about everything. Well, and stalking is a, that's not something you explain quickly. You know, if, you, if you've had a stalker for a long time and you haven't told anybody and then you're sitting at dinner with friends and he walks by, you can't, okay, everybody, listen, lean in. I have to tell you about the last six months, you right. know, and on the other hand, people have different uh, maybe understandings as to what the term stalker means. Like, oh, he's just some guy who's in your spin class who thinks he's cute and he thinks he's, you know, you're right. kind of staring you know. at you all the time. Or, like, or people be you know, oh, this, I'm, I'm stalking this person. I think it's hot. You know, I'm stalking him on Insta. Like using those words like kind of hurts the actual stalking mm, yeah. survivors you know because it it romanticizes it um movies tv shows romanticize it you know it, it when john cusack is outside your house holding up the, the music <laughs> the boom box you know like that's the best part of the movie like i've always loved that it's so hot like i want john cusack outside my house <laughs> but if you really look at it it's kind of like it's borderline, you know, it's stalking, like right. it's, it's not appropriate. And then people, um, do see that and, and they're like, I could go do that. And, and, but no, you really shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. You're taking a risk because if yeah. it's reciprocated, then you're the most r- romantic person in the world. If it's not, <laughs> you end up right. on the strictly talk, stop talking, stalking podcast. I mean, um, I think if you're not John Cusack, <laughs> it just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll keep that in mind. If I ever get the inclination to do it, I'll just check my nope, not John Cusack. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, you know, as a kid, I always felt that way about Santa Claus. Yeah. I'm like, how is there this big, fat, white man with a beard who somehow knows when I'm naughty or nice? That's, right? yeah, that's, that's creepy. creepy in of itself. Yeah, um, that is crazy. And, the, um, and I think one of the things that occurred to me over the course of listening to your podcast is in a way, what a really, really great almost service it's become to that community. Because giving people an outlet to come forward and feel validated and get to tell their story. Um, like for me, up until a week ago, I had no idea like how I would even really define it. Like, oh, it's some ex who won't leave your ass alone. You know, but then you listen to podcasts and you're like, oh my God, these people are out of their fucking mind. They are just yeah. insane. But uh, the Diane Neal one, I think, was just like, oh, my God, that was so heartbreaking. Yeah, that she that broke my heart for her. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because, you know, she's well known. Obviously, she's on TV and everything. And to realize that she that she was going through all that and still like waking up every morning. Like, I don't think I could have done that, you know, Mm -hmm. like my dog gets sick and I'm like, Oh, I can't work for three days. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, And she was dealing with, with such a horrendous, horrendous thing happening to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she did have to go into hiding for a while and, and she's only really opening up and talking about it now because I think she just, she got to the point where she's like, fuck it. I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. At least if, something happens everyone will know right you know and it's sad that it has to be like that it's really sad i mean you get that's the thing that drives me i think the most insane about is you get you get one life on this planet that is x amount of years that's like all you get and when you check out 
it's over. And to have so much of the years that you do have on this earth consumed by something like that, especially when you get to the point where you feel helpless and feel powerless because you feel like the police aren't able to help you, the district attorney, especially in her case, where it was like, it just almost felt like, you know, the law enforcement was just either powerless or clueless as to how to do anything or, or about it I whatsoever. Think, I think she felt like they were against her at some points, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it sure looked like that. Mm -hmm. It did, you know, oh, this crazy broad. It's sad, but that happens a lot. Like women are, you know, accused of being overly emotional or, you know, whatever it is and, and written off because they were just being emotional or something, which mm -hmm. is insane. Well, I'm hoping we can turn the corner on that. I'm hoping we can get to a point where when somebody, whether it's a woman or a man or whatever, says, I have a problem, we listen and don't take into account things like race, sex, income, those kind of things, and just say, if this person has a problem, this person says they have a problem and we need to we need to get down to it. I mean, what's uh, otherwise, what's the point of saying protect and serve all the time if we can't? And I realize we have a lot of antiquated laws when it comes to that. Yeah. That's like the most frustrating thing is it seemed like there were even times where they didn't even know exactly like, do we have like a stalking charge that we can even convict yeah, them on? Yeah, it's only recently that, that stalking is even a crime in the way that it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's still not everywhere. It, yeah. I mean, bigger cities, yeah. Um, New York is definitely not as good as LA, you know, <laughs> in, in stalking laws. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's tough. It's it. And like women of color have the hardest time with it. Um, mm -hmm. Cops just don't believe that they're just not trained in a way like, and especially like with technology and stuff, technology is ever changing and, and the laws don't change as quickly as technology. So mm -hmm. is it illegal to stalk someone online? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But where are the laws? Yeah. We have to find the right law. It's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for the cops because they're just, they don't have the kind of training. Well, especially um, when it's uh, across state lines, you're like, okay, so you live in California and somebody in Wisconsin won't leave you alone. Okay. So they keep making different ghost profiles and following you. Okay. What do you want us to do about that? Exactly. Right. You know, there was the, the one um, guest you had on who did a lot of the Instagram, did a lot of the makeup tutorials. I had this guy oh, yeah. who was just like, exposing himself and sending her messages constantly constantly and like she even said she got a point where she was her business revolved around her checking her email but she got to the point where she was getting like ptsd from checking her email yeah because she knew like every day this guy would pop in there with some other kind of sick message or something like that from an, yet another email address he made yeah and i think she you know she got only got help but she went and got a private investigator mm -hmm. so i mean and that happens a lot private investigators unfortunately do or, or fortunately i don't know they do a lot more than the police do most of the time mm -hmm. well because they can put all their resources into one thing you true. know that's, and that's true i mean they're they're a hired hand so on um, you know and that's what's unfortunate because if you don't have that money then and the cops aren't helping you and, <laughs> right i mean yeah. I ho i'd like to say like that's where like the podcast kind of comes in but Mm -hmm. we're trying, you know, we're trying, we're definitely trying to change the laws and, and make it something that everybody can get help from. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, so we've covered doing casting director. We've covered, um, the podcast, um, outside of those, what, uh, what are your hobbies? What else are you into? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> well, I like long walks on the beach. Um, no, I, uh, you know, I am kind of just living my best life. I think that life is short. Um, you know, I, I used to not be this happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, in the last like uh, year and a half or so, I really kind of came into my own and started thriving. And, um, you know, I've been single, which is amazing and, and so happy for me <laughs> after the last one. Oh, um, yeah. But I, you know, and I, I'm so happy that I was able to be like single through quarantine and COVID because mm -hmm. otherwise, like, I might not be here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I hang out with my friends. I travel a bunch. That's about it. Like, I'm a pretty open book, really. If, like, if you look at my Instagram, you know, I've got two dogs and a cat. I do everything on Instagram that I tell people not to. Uh, Which is? 
you know, you should never tag your location. You should oh. always be really mm -hmm. careful what you post and that kind of stuff. And so I don't listen to myself. Um, no, I'm, <laughs> I am. I'm actually really careful about taking locations and stuff. I'll do it when I'm not somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but I've um, heard that. I've heard a lot of people do. I'll even do that here in the Midwest. You know, if we go on vacation somewhere, I won't post those pictures till after I get back. Not necessarily yeah. from a stalking standpoint, but I don't need people to know that my house is just vacant for four days. And yeah, yeah anybody can just hop over there and take all my not important stuff. Um, well, that, that's that's really really cool. I think it's uh, it's important for everybody to find that balance and find that that really great place. I'm on the opposite end. I'm married, three kids, couldn't be happier. You know, I mean, no, that's good too. Yeah, everybody has their own, you know, you got And I think, um, similar to you several years, I think over like 10 years ago now, I got out of a uh, really, really, really bad relationship and went through that thing where it's like, you know what, this is just great. I never thought I'd get out of it. And now yeah, oh, you can breathe and feel the sunshine again. And yeah. And from there, it just feels like all things are possible. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I totally agree with that. I mean, my, I was in like a pretty horrible relationship and, um, you know, luckily I got out and I got out safely, um, which is awesome. And literally like since that day, I've just kind of been like, you know what? Like I'm fucking happy. Like <laughs> the sun is shining. I've, you know, I've got my dogs and my cat, like, you know, I, I own a house, like nothing's really that bad anymore. So, so yeah, it's just kind of been, uh, awesome. You know, I've got some great friends I hang out with constantly and probably too much. They're probably bored of sick of me. <laughs> I think they might have gotten a little sick of me during, you know, quarantine when it was just like me and my two friends. <laughs> Luckily, they're still hanging out with me. Um, I, I was going to say, based on Instagram, it seems like that small group of you is together like all the time. <laughs> Pretty much every day. Well, we're, we're all like neighbors, too. Oh, so okay. it was really easy during like COVID and quarantine, like, I'm just going to walk a couple of houses down and hang out with my friends. Yeah. Uh, and I put a full bar in at my house. So then they came over more. Oh, yeah. well, gosh, maybe that's what I should have done. Just put a bar in the backyard. That's what I know. Oh, then I'd never get that's my friends what I to leave. Did. That's what I did. And now that quarantine's over, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to put a hot tub in. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just going to install a hot tub. You guys think you'll like that? So yeah. They'll, keep, they'll still keep coming over. <laughs> keep the party rolling. Why not? <laughs> but yeah. that is a... It's always interesting to me, I think, when you, when you take a step back and you look at it, how being in one of those kind of situations, for some reason, like not being in close proximity every day to one specific person ends up this like turning point in your life. Like all of a sudden after that, everything's different. And you can yeah. look back on it and be like, oh my gosh, why did I waste so much time? But it's the red flags thing we were talking about, you know? It totally is. It totally is. And, and you know, it's really interesting now, you know, especially like listening to people on the podcast, because sometimes, you know, because we also deal with um, a lot of domestic violence and, and things like that on the podcast. And sometimes I'm, I'm listening and I'm, I'm like, I, I know what you're saying, like, and I can see it from from hindsight It's always 2020. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, when this person told me this, I should have really thought about that and like not hung out with that person anymore. You know, like mm -hmm. people aren't fixable in that way sometimes like right i'm a very you know i meet someone I'm like oh you need help like let me help you like let me fix you you know mm -hmm. and luckily I'm, I'm i don't like do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's really interesting you know hearing everybody else and like being able to see the red like so you can always see someone else's red flags mm -hmm. always, always always um and so it's it's something that you know i've i've grown a lot listening to other people's stories, which is kind of great. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's absolutely right. It's funny because, um, you know, even looking back on it, there were definitely uh, red flags very, very, very early on. And I sit back and I think if I had a friend who had just started dating someone and told me they had done or said this, I would have looked at and been like, um, yeah, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, this is the time you need to be hightailing it. But when you're in that situation, you just, for whatever reason, I wish I could understand the psychology behind that, but it's bizarre. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. And, um, you know, I was chatting with somebody, I'm on all the dating apps, of course. Um, <laughs> I was chatting with somebody on the dating app the other day. And, you know, I guess 
we had matched before and I never like responded or something. We matched again and, and he was so angry at me. Like I could tell what, like, he was like, well, can you just not hold a conversation? I was like, I mean, we're just texting like, hello right now. Like I, I can, mm-hmm. I mean, actually a podcast, I can talk all fucking day. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting, like how our conversation progressed and he just got more and more angry. And I don't even know this person. I've never met them. I swiped right. That was it. And so, you know, I, I deleted and, and like blocked them from the app, but I just felt so proud of myself. I was like, I just saw the red flags because he was really cute. You know, I, normally, but I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe he's just having a bad day. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not it's not like that anymore. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you possibly think that a relationship's going to start good like that? Like, I'm going to chastise you for not talking to me? It's so weird. You know, that actually happens like a lot. Really? If I, especially like on Instagram and stuff, um, you know, sometimes people will, will message me if I don't follow them. I usually don't read the messages, like the other, other, other messages or whatever. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't always read the, like, usually I don't. And every once in a while I'll go through and kind of look and see. Cause sometimes it's like people have been stalked or reaching out or whatever, but I'll get messages from guys and they're like, Hey, I want to get to know you. Or like, you know, Hey, I want to take you out. I want to do this. I want to do this. It's always, I want to do this. I want to do that on and on and on. And they'll have like a full, like circle conversation where they're like fine I guess you're not going to respond like fuck you then and I'm like holy shit like (laughs) you've just sent 50 messages in within a month you know over and over and now like you you got from I want to see you to fuck you like it's so crazy (laughs) and it happens a lot Mm -hmm. a lot I can imagine well especially I don't think a lot of people don't realize that uh, on Instagram that there's two different inboxes. There's like the inbox for your friends and then the inbox for just people who send you messages that you're not following. You know, because also like, I think people should have a right to not respond. Right, yeah. If I don't know you, I even if I do know you, I don't don't have to respond. Right, yeah. I got my best (laughs) friend sometimes I take a week to respond to. Sorry, you know, like life's busy. By the way, thanks for for responding to me. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that is uh, that's one of the things that I've found. It is it's so interesting that uh, you know trying being a, a, a smaller podcast and starting and trying to build and grow is that trying to get people to come on the podcast has proven to be one of the most difficult things because you're trying to break through that filter and you understand why that filter is there. It's there for a reason, and I yeah. completely respect it. So I literally you go to my inbox on Instagram and I've got like 15 messages to different people that all show up as unread, and yeah. I will never send another one because if if that's just not the box they go to, then what's the point of being like, okay, fine, you're not going to respond to me then. What do you think they're going to come back and be like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'll be on your podcast. Like, you know, yeah, no, it, it, it's so weird how like men get extremely angry. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't respond, it's right. like, I, I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would keep texting be like, <laughs> fine, fuck you. If you don't want to go out with me, like, <laughs> it's, like it's so, it's so aggressive. Like, okay, mama's boy. I'm sorry. You didn't get your way. Jesus. I mean, it's kind of scary though, to think about mm-hmm. how many times I get that a lot, like men that start getting angry because I haven't responded or because I say no, I've had right. that happen too, where, you know, like talking on a dating app and, and they say something that I'm like, eh, I'm not really like into this person that much. Like we don't have the same values or whatever. I'm like, Hey, like, I think you're super cool. I don't think it's going to work out. I don't see this long-term and they get angry mm-hmm. and like, all I said was no. And like, I didn't even have to explain what no meant. Yeah. And they get angry. So I think that, you know, that has ties back into stalking a little bit too, is sometimes when people say no, no one cares, you mm-hmm. know? just kind of our society is a little fucked up like that yeah it's a little bit of uh uh yeah i get it 100 percent because like i understand if i'm you know and i've been there before you know my dating life was pretty much over by the time we got to texting um you know mine was still the past the note in class kind of days um that was our version of texting <laughs> and yeah you know i think we've all been there where you kind of really had a big crush on somebody and you're trying really really hard to make something happen and eventually they're just like yeah, just no, you know, and then yeah, you feel kind of heartbroken and maybe a little bit frustrated, but then you move on with your day. I don't, yeah. the whole, 
like I said, chastising and being mean and rude and disrespectful just because you didn't get your way is just, it's immature for sure. So it's so weird that like, I, I mean, cause I hadn't, I haven't been single in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I just recently was like, I'll start dating again. You know, it's been over a year and wow, it's really just tough out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little harsh too. Like if it, like I'm, I'm not, you know, looking to waste my time with anyone that, mm-hmm. you know, is gonna whatever, treat me with any kind of disrespect. And there's a lot of that out there too. I'm like, do people not have manners anymore? It's crazy. Right. Yeah. And they want you to cave your standards to them. And it's always yeah. the either I'm Mr. Cool and I'm mad if you don't talk to me or I'm pathetic, feel sorry for me, talk to me. Yes. You know? And That's neither kind of, of those a... work with me. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Neither of those. I like, I have such a unique taste anyway, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Like Brad Pitt? <laughs> no, no, surprisingly, no. I like, um, like really tattooed guys, like lots of tattoos, like uh, if you have tattoos on your face, like that's cool too. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's a whole thing. I don't have a single tattoo. Oh, okay. But I Not love a... tattoos. Like I love, love, love tattoos. <laughs> I just think they look so cool. And uh, so I kind of like, I like those types of guys that are like really nerdy and smart and like super successful. So mm-hmm. that those things don't really normally go together. Like right, a lot yeah. of those tattoo guys are like, heroin's cool you know (laughs) you want to come do meth in my trailer (laughs) yeah so there's a little bit like you know i have to weed them out a little but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i have i have an odd taste so Mm -hmm. well i'll look like a bad boy and then be like a total nerd (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's always kind of the dynamic isn't it though because the uh the amount of people i'd have who were friends who would begin dating a guy because he was the quote unquote bad boy and then lo and behold a couple months later they find out he is in fact a bad boy right right i did that for years so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to not do that now (laughs) (laughs) like okay wait like i had to get to know people first Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know what i mean just somebody i get along with but Mm -hmm. looks like it's hard dating during covid because you can really only swipe right or left. So you're just really swiping on how they look. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about them. It's so right. weird. Yeah. So most of them, by the time I chat with them for like two seconds, I'm kind of like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. And they're like, okay, fuck you too. <laughs> I know. I'm just like not making a name for myself in the dating world here. Yeah. I'm just, there, <laughs> there aren't a lot of gentlemen out there anymore, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn few of us left. Um well, okay. Well, hey, I'll um, I'll stop taking up your time. Um, anything you want to say on the way out the door? Uh, gosh, uh, no. I mean, anybody that you know has any questions or wants to find me, my Instagram is feathergirl77. Um, my podcast is strictly stalking, and that Instagram is uh, strictly stalking pod. And that's it. And uh, I, I can absolutely guarantee you, I will keep following, and I will definitely keep listening because it's it's absolutely fascinating. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, once again, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time of your day to come on the podcast. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future. You will. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. So that was the podcast with Jamie Beebe. Um, I really enjoyed that one. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, I'm going to sign off. And before I do that, I want to thank every last one of you for listening to the podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for continuing to support and listen and grow and share and talk to it about other people. Every little bit of that is definitely, definitely helping. Um, I will be back again before too awful long, but I want to say I love you all. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time.